Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Sean Evans of Cochine, and you're listening to You Haven't Heard This Music Podcast. Never Saw It Coming by Vapor Chain from their album Neon Teeth. You can find Vapor Chain on Twitter at Vapor Chain. They also have music streaming on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, and Deezer. And now, on with the show. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of You Haven't Heard This Music. Podcast, a podcast about lesser-known music by lesser-known artists each week. We do the show. We have different sections, five sections. We have our head-to-head, as usual, and we have the hidden masterpiece, the forgotten classic. I'm not going to bother going into what they're all about. You should know this by now. And if you don't, you need to go back and binge listen to all of our other shows, I think. If you don't know this by now, shame on you. Shame on you. So, yes, as as usual, every week we have a guest, and uh, I'll explain who that is in a minute. But we also have... With me, as usual, as always, Wayne. 
Hello, everybody. How are you, Wayne? I'm very good, thank you. I'm glad you're okay. I'm always glad you're okay. Mm. It makes me happy that you're okay. It's a bit cold on this November evening, but other than that, it's Neil? All good. Hi. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. <laughs> good. And with us all, did you say she's in Russia? No, I'm not in Russia, but I might as well be. It's that cold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got the remedy, actually, guys, for your um, your cold, for your winter winter blues. I'm, I'm making soup. So by the time Ooh. we finish this, it should be ready. Homemade <laughs> soup. That's proper drum and bass, isn't it? That? Yeah, um, that is, yeah. <laughs> I'm about to dispel all those myths. <laughs> so all the way in Bristol. Are you in Bristol? Yeah, I am, indeed. All the, all the way over yonder Bristol, we have with us Sean Evans of... Hiya. For, is it formerly Cosheen or still Cosheen? Well, it's Cosheen, yeah. Yeah, we're back on the road. Oh, well, there you go then. Excellent. So, yeah, Sean, uh, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. And how are you? I'm great, yeah. I'm cosy. I'm cosy. I'm looking forward to this. I've, I've been I've been listening to these tracks today and I'm kind of taken by a few of them. So, yeah, I'm awesome. looking forward to chatting about them. You're looking forward to the show or your soup? <laughs> well, listen, I, had to have, I had to have something to do before my soup, didn't I? <laughs> See, I, I can't have soup because if I have soup, I have to have a loaf of bread with it as well. Oh, and better. Good boy. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, so we'll move we'll move on. We'll move on to our first round of the head to head. Head to head Yeah. You will need many headphone warmings I'll try and jump in before Neil does that. Would you mind? Yeah, Neil Neil has a <laughs> Neil has a tendency to sporadically shout. Sorry about that. <laughs> I apologise. So yes, head to head. Uh, this week we have the artist as usual. I've brought, and I keep playing with Velcro on my leg, and if you can hear that, I'm so sorry. Um, Wayne, keeps, Wayne keeps nudging me. <laughs> I put my hands in my pockets. You need to get a stuffed unicorn like me. That's yeah, Neil it. sits down with his, his, his daughter's stuffed unicorn and just squeezes it. Oh, oh. I'm going to rip Bless his head him. off one week. Okay, so... <laughs> now, that, I tell you what, you've, you've been in a lot of trouble with the Unicorn Protection Society then, haven't you? <laughs> there's there's yeah, got to be true. one out there. They'll be after you. There is. <laughs> right, so, okay, we have the, the artist. My artist who I'm bringing this week is Alex Sid. He's a US-based artist, I do believe, and I'm going to be playing his song, Spinner. Wayne, you are bringing... I'm bringing Death Pony and their song Moomin Extract. Sounds like something they'd sell in a, what's it called? Holland and Barrett. <laughs> for, for all your winter almonds, a bit of Moomin Extract. Extract of Moomin. <laughs> Neil? I am bringing the song Hip Hop and Robots Part 4 by Cube. Excellent. Oh, I didn't I get that. You didn't get it? No, I got Stefanovic. Same, yeah, same, same thing. Stage name's Cube. Oh, is yeah. that it? All right. Richard have made that clear. Because too, I tried to Google him after that because I really enjoyed that. I'd like to hear more of him. Really, yeah. Right. There you go. Before we go it, on. it seems to me that this week that these guys have obviously thought, oh, we've got Sean Evans on of Koshin. She must only listen to electro music, so we'll bring <laughs> electro. I'm the yeah. only one who's brought an actual song. Yeah, Neil won last time. Yes, Neil won last time. You heard me say that for the fourth time this year. Oh, I, might, I might win again this time from the same <laughs> thing. Boys, I, I don't think these days you can really um, separate a song from the production anyway, you know, that because we it's, it's the... the the boundaries between songwriting and, and production are so fused that, you know, that, that it's the same thing. Mm. I feel like I've been told off. <laughs> <laughs> Shame on you. 
<laughs> Neil's going first this week anyway. Okay, okay. take it away. So, uh, yes, this is uh, Hip Hop and Robots Part 4 by Cube. Enjoy.
So that was uh, Hip Hop and Robots Part 4 by Cube. Regular listeners may remember that I bought a track by Cube earlier in this season. The track I bought before was Dawn Departure from the album Urbanology, which was an instrumental album inspired by various journeys on the London Underground. Are those been out there and not to everybody's taste? I still listen to this album and maintain it's possibly one of the best, and certainly one of the most original submissions that we've been sent for the podcast. So naturally, when Cube contacted me with some more of his work, I was a little bit intrigued by this. So yeah, yeah, as uh, Ashan just mentioned, Cube isn't the easiest person in the world to track down. He, he produces music mainly for his own enjoyment, more than commercial gain, nothing wrong with that. But the, tra- the track that you just heard, Hip Hop and Robots Part 4, was originally destined for a concept album called Hip Hop and Robots, which he never actually released for various reasons. But the idea behind it was to have a virtual band that would perform and release the album. Kind of think a bit like the Gorillas, but rather than a supergroup of various anonymous musicians, the band consisted of a group of sentient robots who had become self-aware and decided to record an album, in particular a hip-hop album. Think of the plot of Terminator or The Matrix, only the machines are more cultured and less hell-bent on the destruction of humanity. So the sound may... sounds like a psychopath. Oh, I think he's awesome. The sound <laughs> may, may, may be criticised as not being faithful to hip hop, but this is robots attempting to create a very human style that they don't fully understand. So what comes out is kind of more sort of synthwave, craftwork inspired. However, if you dig below the surface, the hip hop element is present. Whilst I love the Urbanology album, I think that this is a bit more accessible. That the, vo- the, the, the kind of if you can call them vocals, just like robots singing on it, which yeah, sort of drive the, the track. Vocals, yeah, yeah, yeah. Vocals. Yeah, mm. Vox. Lots and lots <laughs> of different uses of Vox on it. They, they sort of anchor it and move it away from just being an instrumental piece. Sort of, for me, it kicks in and drops back at just the right points. Yeah, it's got the right drama in it, hasn't it? It's got the right drama within several movements. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Slightly uh, distressing. <laughs> <laughs> it's, okay, it's ten minutes long, so yeah. you know that kind of ruins the accessibility bit. But I don't think it never drags or feels boring. So, no, it doesn't. Uh, it builds. It builds nicely, and it's got a nice kind of cycle to it, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. I, I can agree with that, which what? is unusual for me because I, um, as you know, I struggle with the whole electronic um, synthwave synthwave thing. So, yeah. But it's got, a, like it's, got a stru- it's got a structure, and it and it, it refers back to the theme and builds again and, and kind of keeps bringing you back. So you find some safety within it. it but the, I did find it slightly distressing at first <laughs> <laughs> and a little unsettling, but a very precise and very clean production. If you liked it, uh, Sean, you should really listen to his album, Urban I'm gonna, Yeah, I'm going to, as soon as I add my soup, I'm going <laughs> <laughs> to... So, 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 search YouTube, uh, Cube Urbanology, because it's, 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 it's all inspired by Tube Journeys. It's absolutely brilliant. Okay, I think that's absolutely thought, a bit pioneer, a bit pioneer kind of, of the rave movie. Sorry, carry Justice-like, on. did you find it? that kind of the bills in it were kind of like the, the smashy kind of bills in it were a bit justice-like, you know, the, the, yeah, group, the French guys. Yeah. yeah. Saw them last year, Justice. Did they're, you? they're incredible, right? They really are incredible. But this is less commercial, less, like you say, less accessible and, and more, for him, more soundscapey. Yeah. Yeah, this yeah, is one I, of those pieces, and this is one of those compositions that paints a different picture in in. in Every individual's head, I'd imagine, it's like what, what I'm getting from this would be different. It's funny uh, you should say that. I, I can't. I tend to see music in in pictural landscape form. You know, I, I kind of submerge myself in it, and I have to be able to find my feet within that landscape. And and I did actually. At first, I thought I wasn't going to be able to um, settle into it, but they kept bringing back that that dramatic kind of um, 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 build. Which which kept coming back, which kind of tied it all together and, and made it um, more um, 
accessible to me. So I enjoyed it. I liked the picture. I, I loved his his use of sound. So many, so many different sounds. It's it's kind of like he must, he's he's got reason or a Cubase, and he's 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 paid eighty pound for the biggest sound effect package, and thought, That's fuck it, it yeah. fuck it, I'm going to use all of them. Yeah. But the thing is, usually <laughs> yeah, it's got sound, quite a lot of kit. Yeah, it would sound overcrowded and. It, 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 it wouldn't work. It would sound too much. But somehow he's used all those sounds and it blends together so well. I yeah, mean, at the start, there's a, there's part of the percussion. It sounds like he's using the aerosol cannon, shaking it. It mm. probably is. And I, I, it's hard to dis- distinguish what might be synth and what might be uh, organic sounds. And what you might see, be a like, real robot? Yeah. yeah. It's all, they're yeah. all robots, though. I but mean, he, a lot... A lot he, of... like, he likes his kit, doesn't he? And he's enjoying <laughs> yeah. the studio. Mm. Yeah, it's like the, like you say, the use of Vox. Most people will choose a voice or something, and they'll just stick with that. They'll change the the pitch on it, and that'll be that As, all the way through. He's got so many different uses of Vox throughout the whole thing. Just before yeah. the vocals came in, I was thinking, oh, this needs a vocal, and I was kind of starting to hear it myself because that's obviously what I do. I mean, I write top lines and I write vocals, and and I, and I was started to hear it, and then all of a sudden that came through. And it was lovely. It was really nice. It, it wasn't a human element, but it felt kind of familiar, and and uh, it, it sat nicely in the in the in the piece. Yeah, Wayne. Yeah, I'm the same as Neil. I I loved the Urbanology album. Um, you know, I listened to it after Neil brought it along, and thought it was very sort of out of time. And I don't mean like out of time as in musically out of time. I mean like out of time, you know, years wise. It, it was something that that felt like 10 years out of date but if it's still, released in the yeah, 70s yeah, well, at the height uh, of Pink Floyd or, yeah or the yeah. early 80s something yeah. like that that said I still think it was fantastic and it was still timely you know it still it still work this it had me and lost me at times you know and, and I think it's it's a good piece of work it's it's overlong you know you and I don't know if you got this Neil but as a progressive sort of song being 10 minutes long you're into progressive nature it didn't really have that sort of follow on there was times where it did and then it sort of moved on and forgot what it was doing that said I still think it's it's a really good piece of work there was there's moments in it like the explosions you know the explosions of sound they really work for me and and like you've said about the music, you know the instrumentation agreed it's just there were some bits that really worked for me and some bits that didn't. Do you think it, that maybe, it wasn't like they didn't didn't work for me? You could, just... could have made those made that one track into three different tracks, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And and would have you know been able to explore each one of those um, a little deeper um, rather than put the all the ideas into one track. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's interesting because a... that's what Rich said about uh, the Urbanology track, wasn't it? That there were, there were yeah. multiple songs. I did, there. yeah. That, uh, it happens a lot. The producers they're locked away and they're very um, in their own bubble, and and they don't know. It's like you, uh, 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 an artist doesn't know when to take the pay, the pen off the paper or the or the brush off the paper and just let it be. You know, often you find that you know um, producers will will just overwork. keep going and keep going and overwork. Yeah, which mm. is a shame. But um, it's it's that's their craft, that's their art, and that's their that's their expression. Mm. So. It's not really for us to, to tell him what they no, should I think do. he's really talented. You know, what he does in this is he's, he's building a world, you know. And I didn't, I think it's one of those where you, it's, you'd need a physical copy of this with, with some, you know, some artwork and some explanations about what's going on within the song. And I think you'd have picked this up that this is a hip-hop no. robot song without somebody telling you, you know. And and I think I think it was you who said it, Sean. You know, people are gonna get different things from this. I didn't get it from from listening to it. I got it when Neil sent me his notes over, and I went, ah, right, I get it. The concept is really high. 
and and for that alone the song gets top marks because you're having a massive concept it's always going to drag the song with it you know mm. and instantly I went back to that song after knowing the concept and went this is this is really good it's really I clever I didn't get that I didn't get mm. the, the, the write up about it actually so I was pretty much mm. in the dark with it yeah doesn't matter I, I, I quite like that, that mm. the clean approach to listening to a piece of music I thought the depth of production was really really good you know very high quality and and he's obviously good, does a lot of you know goes into each and every sound that he's working with polishes that who said Craftwork? Uh, which one yourself Craftwork. Yeah. Craftwork. are notoriously nose to the grindstone and I've heard some really good stories about Craftwork, especially Ralph Hutter his name is uh, who's the one of the main guys in, in craft work they don't have any sounds in the studio that aren't theirs generated yeah, I don't think so, this guy does either really no so if you need to speak to him Ralph Hutter in the studio you have a designated time and the phone won't ring he'll just pick it up so if you ring him at a minute past you've said he won't pick the phone up he'll pick it up at a certain time but it won't be ringing in the studio they're, they're, they're crazy like that and what I was my point I'm making is they're very elusive not dissimilar to to Cube they're, they're sort of underground so I'm, I'm guessing he's taking a sort of a, a line from from uh, from Kraftwerk yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe but he's, he's, the Kraftwerk landed in a lottery because if you're going to be that elusive you're going to be hard to find you're going to be hard it's going to be hard to get your work yeah, out al- there but also I mean is you know can, can we not we can't really mention uh, we can't critique a piece of electronic music without mentioning Kraftwerk really because mm. they had such a huge influence the Godfathers on, you know. yeah exactly mm. so, but, but I'm sure you'd be very pleased with that reference <laughs> yeah I thought so yeah yeah. Right. That's his Anything else now? Moving no, on? No. Okay, though, we'll move on to you then, Wayne. I'm bringing a band called Death Pony and their song, Moomin Extract. Enjoy. Thank you. 
That was Death Pony with their song, Moomin Extract. Uh, this is one of my, from the vault of our emails, um, sent back in the mists of time. I think this might have been April again. Put this on, absolutely fell in love with it straight away. It's really minimal on vocal um, and lyrics throughout the entire album. It's a concept band. It uh, consists of uh, Matt Ford on synth, George Allen on synth, Mike, Mark Tierney on guitar, and Jacob, um, oh, I've spelled his name wrong here. Yeah. Covton, I think his name is. Covton on drums. Uh, they're an international band. They're from the UK, the US, and the Czech Republic. Uh, I love this. It's just so progressive, and it starts and just keeps going and going. The whole album is is like this. It's it's got elements and the progressive, you know, the prog rock nature of it. You get lines that are repeated further on along in the song to drag you back to the start. And uh, yeah, <clears throat> it's it's. What's the it's album really, called? Don't, don't do that to me. <laughs> I'm going to have to look that up. It's unusual to see Wayne unprepared. <laughs> what did you think of this, Sean? Oh, I loved it. I loved it. I, I really loved it. Like I said earlier, I, I look at music and I hear music and I hear land, see landscapes and colours and, and shape. And, and I just loved the way this t- took me in and then galloped into life and cascaded back out into... It just created a really lovely journey for me. I enjoyed, I found myself singing along with it. Um, does he want a vocal for it? <laughs> I'm, shop, I'm shopping here for a, for a vocal for this. Um, uh, right, so yeah. we've got the album now. The album's called Life's Great Uniform. Okay. Moomin Extract is the third track off. There's also a song on there called Daft Apeth. And uh, uh, life's, life's Great Quack Uniform. Into the Void. So yeah, Neil. It's, um, it's interesting that you mentioned uh, being progressive because... Uh, I, um, I I don't normally like instrumental music uh, unless uh, unless there's a bit of prog in there. Um, and my, uh, my 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 comment on this is that uh, fortunately this is more prog than Peter Gabriel listening to Hawkwind at the Pink Floyd Appreciation Convention organised by Brian Eno. <laughs> That's how progressive this is. I think it's odd that we've had another instrumental piece, but then technically mine wasn't instrumental because there were robots singing on it. Um, yeah, just great instrumentation, very dark, very soundscapey, very prog, um, and it references possibly the greatest and darkest children's programs of the nineties. Absolutely, or was it the eighties? No, the eighties, wasn't 70s, it? Seventies, eighties, movies. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, well, what what's not to bum off? I love this. <laughs> yeah, I. I like I like this. I do like it. I got uh, got to admit, however, it didn't wow me. It's it, nothing stood out as amazing for me. It's not like um, it's, it's a lovely piece of work, as you say. It's very progressive. It's and it it did exactly the uh, same for me as it did for you, Sean. It I painted a, a landscape in my head, and uh, you know, and my music can do that. It's you know, it, it's good, <laughs> and it is good, but it just doesn't. It's I think it's forgettable. I think if if I didn't listen to it for a couple of days, I'd it'd be easily forgotten. It doesn't stand out. But it is a good piece of music. It's a lovely, lovely. It, it ended up being the the backing track to my day today, uh, today while I was while I was out and about because I, I put it on to listen to it and take notes. But every time I did, it just ended up going into the background, and I kept forgetting it was there. So it ended up being like a backing track. That's beautiful in itself, though, isn't it? You know, I, I find myself listening to, in my downtime, I find myself listening to a lot of very spaced out, very, um, you know, wallpaper music that you can either step into and, and emerge yourself in or you can just, you know, have around you. And 
I find it, it quite soothing, really, to, to, to surround myself with music like that. Uh, when, when the pressure is off and I'm not having to write and I'm not, you know, under any kind of um, time, time schedule or anything. Yeah, relaxing. It's music for musicians to relax to. <laughs> That's what this was for me. It was ornamental music. It was kind of like they're just... Ornamental. Uh, it's ornamental. not something to engage with, but just to... A dust gatherer. Just to be there, <laughs> just to be there and to be nice. Just, just to stick on a shelf and dust occasionally. <laughs> yeah, a dust gatherer. No, that, no, I don't think we're doing it justice there. It's a lot, <laughs> there's a lot more to it than that. Like it did have some beautiful movements in it. You know, like the, when it builds and it and it just falls, cascades, like I said, into into the, the, that kind of bridge. Yeah, enjoyed yeah. it. Good, nice journey. Reminds me of, um, I was lucky enough to go to the Arc Tangent Festival um, to represent the podcast this summer, and it reminds me of a lot of the bands there. In particular, this one band who I thought was absolutely amazing called Toshka. And these guys at Arc Tangent would have fit in so well because there was, there was you know, it, it, you're probably talking 80% of the bands at Arc Tangent were instrumental, progressive bands, and these guys would fit right into that. It, it, it was, when I was listening to it, I was like, they could have been on any of the stages I saw. I just, yeah, the album's fantastic as well. Check that out as well. Excellent. So that's, uh, yeah, check them out. We'll leave all the information and all the stuffs in the show notes so you can... Go and do that. Also, if you haven't listened to them already, the Hidden Masterpiece coming up and the Forgotten Classic and the genre, they will be in the show notes also, so you can go and listen to them now so you can engage with the conversation in some form or another. Moving on to my song, Alex Sid, Spinner, This Is That. Right after sundown we Looks like I'm 
That was Alex Sid with Spinner. I don't know much about this guy. He, he, he emails me occasionally. Uh, we've had his song. We've had a song of his on in the past on the B side. Uh, he's got a very Bon Jovi Western type feel about his music. This one, I'm gonna say something about this one, and you're not gonna get it. But as somebody that grew up listening to nothing but this person's music, it really stands out in this song as well. It's Michael Jackson. I'll oh, get no, so much more. I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, that, I'm, I'm so not... <laughs> I didn't think you would, but oh no, I can't count. It's only three. It's a, for a long time, it was all I listened to. Michael Jackson. A lot of Michael Jackson's epic songs. He formed them and he put them together exactly in very much the same way Alex Sid has put this together especially with the, the like the choir background and him singing over singing and shouting over the top that was very Michael Jackson-esque he did that a lot also like I said it's got a lot of uh, Bon Jovi the way that it, he, he was he did a few western type songs didn't he yeah that cowboy from New, uh, cowboy from New Jersey <laughs> yeah. exactly you know, did, did the whole soundtrack yeah. to a western Young Guns too. he's a little bit hosier as well isn't he did you oh yes he is and I thought I thought the backing vocals made it really that that was the, my favourite part of it the the, cor- the choral kind of backing vocals and the, the vocal over the top of it I thought that really that, that was beautiful um it's got a nice groove. It's rolling. It's undulating groove. He's got a very emotive voice, as does, you know, Michael Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't think you would be quoting that tonight, would you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> I, w- I was missing a bit of addiction. I do like to hear lyrics. I mean, lyrics to me are, are the, you know, that's my thing. So. I, I was I was listening and I could I couldn't make out a great deal of what he was on about. But I felt, did you understand I what the robots it. were saying? Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was down with the robot, but I couldn't I couldn't really understand what what he was saying, which was a shame. But I felt it. You know, the emotive delivery was was definitely there, and um, it was a, I, I could have I felt as if it could have been a little bit more interesting. Like I said, the backing vocals really just flowered it up at the end and 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 made made it stand stand out and stick together a lot better for me. Cool, <laughs> Wayne. Are you coming to me first? So of all the Did songs, I butt in? <laughs> no, no, go, not go at all. It, no, go, no, no, no. You're, what, you're, what, you're one of us tonight. <laughs> so if you need to, say, if you want to say something, you just say something. All you're... right, cool. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on, carry on, man, carry on, Neil. Um, Right, so of every song we've had on the podcast since we started, I think this is the most rich song you've ever brought. It screams rich, this does. It screams it at me. As soon as it started, I went, okay, I know exactly what what we're looking at here. So it's Burlap to Kashmir, Dead South, slam those two things together. You have a genre. It's Americana. That's your genre, mate. Because that's what this is in this. This has got some real deep Americana with some soft rock, which one of you said Bon Jovi? Yeah, I said Bon Jovi, yeah. Yeah. So he's got that soft rock of Bon Jovi in there, along with that Americana. I think I think the, the choral hook and the the, the chorus is is fantastic. Yeah. You know, it's something that you can come back to, and you know, you minute you play that song, you know exactly where it's going to go. It's I like the way he fits all those words together. It feels like they shouldn't work, but it does. You yeah. know, 
Uh, that's that's really good and really clever. I like the um, use of the clapping and the and the stomping at the start. You know, I mean, that's it's, it gives you that old west feel that does. Whether you know, I mean, obviously that's what he's going for from just the the album cover. I think he does music for TV. If I remember right. He said does maybe movies and TV. Oh uh, yeah, I seem to remember this guy now. You know, he's yeah. talking about. Was he Portuguese? No, no. Yeah, I don't. Is that think somebody he, else. <laughs> he might be. I, I yeah. can't remember. Uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed this. It's a good song. Neil? Um, yeah, I... Um, oops, I just knocked my pop shield. Um, the unicorn fell off my head. Oh, there you go, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the unicorn fell off my head and collided my microphone, so I, I, hopefully everybody can still hear me. Um, yeah, um, yeah, so back to the podcast. I um, I like that you mentioned that he'd, he'd featured on the B-sides before, because I recognise the name, and I'm pretty sure I had a similar reaction to him back then. Very original. It, well, what gets me is it starts off as a very... A very good but generic rock song, you know. We've mentioned, you know, the sort of Americana, the Bon Jovi type type sound, the soft rock. It starts off as very generic but but good, but then all of a sudden this chanting effect kicks in and it elevates it into something original. Oh, I thought that was brilliant. Oh, I just thought it was brilliant build up and great instrumentation. I can't, I can't really say anything else about it. it, it just, I, I love the song. There you go then. Yeah. So that's it. I think we can move on to the all important verdict. I've lost again. I think I've lost now. Probably about, probably about eight or nine weeks in a row. Five. Close. <laughs> so, do you want to... Well, it's, it's, not about, it's not a competition which song's the best. It's just which is your favourite, you know, because music's subjective. Which is your preferred it's, song, Sean? Which was your preferred song? I think I like Death Pony. Um, no the, shit. Yeah, I loved it. Well, thank you very much. I, so, think, I think Wayne has well and truly won this season. Uh, not, yeah. not that it's a competition. And Death Pony is probably well over the moon now. Yeah. Well uh, over the moon, in. Tell, <laughs> well <over the> <laughs> <laughs> tell, tell him to give me a ring. Tell him to give me a ring if he wants a vocal on it. Cause I reckon <laughs> I got one. I, I think I, you'll I, be on the on the line to you quicker than you can. I was going to say this. This podcast will air in two weeks, and in two weeks and one day, you're going to get an email. I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. cool. I'll, I'll get it written up there. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we'll move on to our second round, then we're going to move straight on to our second round, which is the Hidden Masterpiece! I wasn't going to join in with him, but as soon as he started, I found myself (laughs) tweeting. I could go, move on to the Hidden Masterpiece! Should we do it again? Should we all do it? Yeah, let's all do it. Four, one, two, three. Hidden Masterpiece! Definitely cutting you pair out of that. Definitely cutting you pair out of stuff, Sean, doing that. Yeah, you're on a separate track on your own, so we're just going to have you. Oh, Sean, you can't do that to me. That'd be the end of my career. I don't know, I think collaborating with us two might have just done that. Right. Oh, right. So, Hidden Masterpiece this week has been brought by our special guest, Sean Evans of Conchine. And your song is... What is your song? Well, I, I, I gave you two. Oh, yeah. You so, chose yeah, uh, Jodie... Joni Mitchell. Joni From the For the Roses album. And I think it was Banquet that I chose. It was, yeah. Um, but but there's there's also um, the Daryl Hall and John Oates um, track, She's Gone which is, is such a beautiful track, but I, I wasn't aware that it was a, uh, an A-side. I, w- I wasn't aware that it went out as a single, but apparently it did. Yeah. So that kind of cancels it out. 
I, so which I, one do you, which one? Sorry, I, I picked the Jamie Mitchell one because I'd heard she's gone like four days ago on Radio 2. So I was like, okay. it, it can't be a hidden masterpiece because it's, it's been played on national radio. All oh, right, so, okay. Uh, yeah, we went, with, right, uh, cool. we went with Joni Mitchell and Banquet. Okay, thank you. It's, it's a beautiful, beautiful song. I mean, it's, it's very relevant now. You know, we look at the, the, you know, the divide in our, in our communities of, you know, of who gets the gravy and who gets the gristle. And, you know, it, to me, it's, it's just always been an anthemic song of, to describe... How, how things are working in our in our system here in our in our in humanity I suppose yeah and she she's she's been the soundtrack to my life really since I was a child um, I guess I learned um, I learned to sing by copying her I used a lot of her vocal jacket when I was beginning to sing and I, I sang a lot of acoustic music I don't come from an electronic background per se I've, I've worked in electronic music for 25 years but before that I was you know singing with a, an acoustic guitar uh, James Taylor Joni Mitchell Carly Simon um, Carol King all those great songwriters you know that create created storytelling um, that you zoned right into the, the lyrics and and they they painted the picture for you there and you, you you're there in the song with them and you find your own interpretation to those songs you know she's quite loose with the lyrics sometimes but I think with this particular track you get exactly what she's what she's talking about you know she's talking about um, the, the metaphor of of us all being at a banquet and there being enough for everybody but some of us not getting anything at all yeah i i love this i, I think this is, this is uh definitely in... there's plenty to share <laughs> yeah lo- there, there's enough for our need but not for the greed and I think this this song really really paints that out. And oh, I had a friend of mine. I've come from quite an alternative uh, background, really. And I had a friend of mine living in a yurt in my garden, and, and she used to sing this song to me. And hmm. I can every time I hear Joni Mitchell sing it, I can hear Emma singing it. And she just used to sing it in such a sweet, beautiful, powerful way. It's a powerful song in a, in a very sweet, um, beautiful imagery that she uses uh, to describe that's the situation. Yeah, this song's all about the vocals, isn't it? I mean, she she could have the worst she could have had the worst band in the world behind her, but it wouldn't have mattered because she was there, and the the the, the vocals are amazing. The and the, the message as well, like and she she's very original. I think I th- when when I was listening to her, she had nuances within a voice that you don't often hear in music. That's right. People tend to um, put Joni in a in the folk, you know, in the the, the kind of Woodstock folk kind of bag but to me she's a jazz singer I, I can hear blues and jazz in her voice and and the piano playing on it is is really strong and 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 um and de- the depth of the piano playing and she's I think she's playing the piano on this she wrote this on the piano so she's not just a guitarist um singing you know big yellow taxi there's there's so much depth and and musical talent and vision there and you can feel that in this track and I can um... I can see the influence that she has on you as well. Um, when I was Thank listening you. to this one today, especially, I thought, yeah, this is definitely an influence on Sean. So, well, yeah. you know, every everything we listen to as we're as we're developing as people, everything we read, everything we see, everything we hear, it all goes. You cut little pieces off it, and we embroider and 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 you know uh, design a jacket. A vo- in my case, a vocal jacket that it fits me perfectly but it's influenced by by hundreds of other different um singers and and songwriters 
Of course, yeah. So it's very much a part of my jacket is Joni, is our Joni. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you think of this now? I thought it was beautiful. <laughs> just, um, yeah, very, very haunting, very, I mean, you mentioned the vocals earlier, you know, there's just, the vocals carry the song, there's just so much power in a voice. Uh, I mean, it had really minimal instrumentation, so I like a piano behind it, but it's, it, that's all it needs. Yeah. I mean, anything else would have got in the way and cluttered the, the song. I, I loved it. Wayne? Oh, I took a few facts and figures your way. So, Jenny Mitchell, the song Banquet from the album For the Roses from 1972. This was her fifth studio album. She gets 3.1 million monthly listens. Her most famous song, as Sean said, Big Yellow Taxi, Woodstock, and a song called Both Sides of Now. Uh, sorry, Both Sides Now. She's Both a, Sides Now. Yeah, she's originally from Alberta, Canada. She was self-taught. Uh, sorry, she taught herself to play guitar, ukulele, and this instrument called the dulcimer, um, yeah, which I had, to, I had to Google what a dulcimer was. No, I've never heard of one of them. It's an Appalachian... If you listen, it's case of you, if you listen to that track it's got the dulcimer on it so it's a real beauty it's an Appalachian stringed instrument it looks like a warped guitar yeah. That's what it looks like. Okay. Yeah, very nice sounding thing. Um, she was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, in 1997, and Rolling Stone called her one of the greatest songwriters ever. I thought she was dead. I, Is she not? No, I thought she died uh, quite a long time ago. I thought she may have been part of the 20th oh, I thought so too. Yeah. No, she's still alive. She, Who are we uh, confusing her with? Should we get her on the podcast? Uh, <laughs> somebody around the same time, I think, but I thought Joni Mitchell had died yeah, in the 27th. I was really she, shocked she to was... find this. Yeah. I think the last album that she released was um, is Both Sides Now. Now she was a heavy smoker and mm. her like porcelain crystal voice of of when she was writing Big Yellow Taxi, which I think she was in her teens when she wrote mm. that. It, it's now that voice has dropped to this rich kind of chocolate kind of um, voice. Still, all, all the tones there, all that warmth and and uh, you know emotion in her voice, but a very different. Um, uh, um, adaptation of, of the songs that she's famous for on this um, album Both Sides Now which I, I think you can really hear the jazz in her voice there and she's got some incredible musicians on that album as well yeah. it's quite orchestral she um she sort of bridged a gap because obviously like you say she was pigeonholed in the whole folk side you know Woodstock and all the rest of it but she ended up uh, collaborating with people like jo- Charles Mingus uh, who's yeah. a very famous Jack jazz musician yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Janice Joplin was she in the twenty seven Janice Joplin is in the twenty seven that, 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 that's, 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 yes, that's who we're confused with yeah she now lives in uh, Bel Air uh, the Bel Air region of the Beverly Hills and uh, she's with the, quoted, fresh, with the Fresh Prince with the Fresh Prince she was she was part of that Laurel Canyon crew wasn't she the Mamas and the Papas yeah. Um, and all the, the kind of I've been to Laurel Canyon and it's an incredible place you can really imagine her kind of schlepping around there in her dungarees and <laughs> <laughs> yeah. she she also wrote and produced all her own, uh, all her own albums her first album when she came to release it I, don't, I think his name's Ian Crosby is it from Crosby Stills and Nash yeah was it Steve Crosby? Well, I can't I think, remember. I think didn't didn't she? I think they were they were an item for a bit. Yeah. Well, she turned him down. She said no. She didn't want his help. So, uh, so yeah. I think everything Maybe she's that's uh, why. yeah everything she's released uh, has been her own work from start to finish. Which is probably I why. Think you, our house. Hmm. If I'm wrong, I might be wrong, but it's a good story anyway. I never let the truth get in the way of a good story. No, exactly. <laughs> um, I, I think our house, which was the Cosby Stills Nash and Young track. 
I think that was written about his cohabitation with with Joni Mitchell. Ah, very good. Can't can't uh, say whether you're right or wrong. They were all in. They were all in and out of each I, other's beds yeah. anyway, weren't they? <laughs> I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you, it was um, the sixties, man. <laughs> I'll give you every piece of information about it and tell you what I thought. Think about the song. This song is forty-seven years old. And wow. how can a song so that is <laughs> how can a song that is forty-seven years old be more relevant today than then? Have, have we not moved on as a species? Yeah, I know. It's, it's I know, ridiculous it's to me. You know, the world every has not moved on. When I was listening to a sing today, I was, it, it put me in mind of um, this really post-apocalyptic film of all things called Snowpiercer. And Snowpiercer is that it's levels of you know it's it's a train through an Arctic winter, and at the one end of the train you've got people who are barely making anything. You know, they they're, they're living off um, the scraps of the rich, and the other end you've got people living in first class, and that's what this sort of is you know it's you can imagine the table being very long and the people at the top having all this bountiful food and the rest of everybody else having to stew you know stew bones to make broth it's like that song i bought uh, a while ago by oh what was his name it was, it was I know the one you about, mean. I know what you're thinking. It was of. a good song as well, wasn't it? What about breaking to that bloke's house? And yeah, whatever and about oh, the, the rich and the, and the rich man sitting there eating a massive yes, like, big banquet. Yeah. Yeah. She, she oh. also talks about the plastic bottles on the tide and the seagulls and the, and the, the rubbish um, on on the beach there. Oh. And I think that's kind of relevant. It's very relevant yeah. now. You know, it wasn't so as big a deal back then either. So for her to pick up on it back then, it's ridiculous. That that that, like I say, that a song that is forty-seven years old is, you know, yeah. it should be released again. You know, uh, remastered. Yes. Maybe I should do a cover. <laughs> Absolutely. A cover? I think you should. Yay! You and Death Pony do a cover. No worries. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> work, work, work. <laughs> <laughs> Right then. <laughs> One of Cube's robots. Right. Yeah, with, with Cube's robots in the background, yeah. Ready to take over from the humans, I see. So uh, does this go into the Hidden Masterpiece Hall of Fame? Um, I think so. I do, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd never heard of it. I think it's a masterpiece. She's famous. Yeah, definitely. Wayne? Oh, brilliant. 100%. It's Neil? Yeah! Yes. Yeah! Yeah! Straight into the fangles. We'll send your nothing through the post for you tomorrow. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. I look forward to that. A certificate of authenticity will be... Somewhere. And I'll send your soup through the post. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that! <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's move on. Let's move on to our... Forgotten Classic... Right, so for our forgotten classic this week, again, our special yes. guest... There's so many, <laughs> there's so many, there's so there many. Is, there really you is. Know, I, I just had to pull one out of the bag, you know, like a secret Santa kind of thing. <laughs> because, I mean, I'm all about classics and, and I'm, I'm listening to classic music every day. And, and I've got a couple myself. Um, <laughs> it, was, it, was very, <laughs> it was very difficult, but... Um, I'd be, go on, go on. I, I, I'll shut up now. Well, <laughs> we, ha- we have um, we, we have like songs on hold just in case artists don't pull through. And the one that I've got is uh, I don't know if you remember it, Getaway by Max. No. Oh, you didn't use mine then. No, we're using yours. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Getaway by Max. Come on, and no, what, no, I'm just saying that that's what that, that would be my example of a. A forgotten classic. Okay, but I'm going to have a listen to it because I don't even know it. I've forgotten it. You'll you remember when you hear it. But we're going with yours, which is Bang, Bang, Bang 
Bang bang bang bang bang bang, 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 yeah. bang boy. Bang bang bang. Bang 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 boy. Mark, say his second name. Ronson. O- o- Mark Ronson. Ronson. O- really hard name. O- o- <laughs> yeah, but I always say Rollinson for some reason. Okay. But and Q-tip. Yeah. So, so tell us about the song. What? Why? Why would you consider this a forgotten classic? And why I do you love it so much? It. I don't. I want to hear it more often. I still think it's really on the money I, I love the way it's put together I love every time I hear it it makes me want to dance and I I listen to it on my headphones when I'm down the beach and, and skip along the beach <laughs> dancing like a lunatic um, I, I, I just I just love this really just sets it all up for me what Mark Ronson does or what he can do I mean I'm not I'm not his biggest fan but this really just he, he was set aside as as uh, as a genius producer, when I heard this, um, and you know, it's difficult. He won't be able to knock himself off that. I don't think, even if he does do crap music, this <laughs> <laughs> this is great. And Q-Tip, of course, God bless him. It's just, it's just, it's not. Um, it's only it's only nine years old. It's not ten years old, but it's still to me, it's a classic in the making, and it will always be. Um, it'll always get my feet up to dance. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head with this one. Uh... I completely forgot about this song, and then when I heard it, but yeah, I like yeah, this is a good song. I like this. I hadn't heard this on the radio for a long time, and it is a good song. It is an absolute classic dance dance banger. And it's just all per- it's perfect. You know, you can't you can't criticize it in any way. You know, it's balanced. It's got variety. It's got movement. It's it surprises you. It's it's childlike. It's uh, it's generous, and it's um, what's the word? It's a Authentic. bot. It's a it's a bloody good track, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what did you think, Wayne? I'll give you some facts and figures. Like of course you will. Do. Yes. So, uh, Mark Ronson's Bang 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 uh, from the album Record Collection from 2010. He gets 19.9 million monthly listens, so drop in the ocean. He is uh, 99th in the world listened to on Spotify. His first writing credit was on a Christine Aguilera song called Hurt. Remember that one? Yeah, I do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. His first number one was Uptown Funk in 2014, which featured Bruno Mars. Isn't that crazy that it took him that long to get number one? Because everybody's going to say, well, how about Valerie? Valerie only reached number two after the Versions album. His sister Charlotte is a fashion designer, and his other sister Samantha is a singer and DJ, also very famous. And this is the well, crazy it must be one. Bloody lovely growing up in that house. Can you imagine? <laughs> well, his, his, his uncle was a, tyke, uh, a, a land and um, property tycoon. His dad was, um, oh, I forgot what his dad was reading all this today about him. The, the one thing I found, which I found really quite, um, I thought this has got to be bullshit. This can't be real. But Paul McCartney saved his life uh, when he was a kid. He was uh, he was drowning in, uh, in this thing called the Long Island Sound. I'm assuming it's like a stretch of water. And uh, his mom told him this story for years. And when he finally met Paul McCartney, he went, "Yeah, I did. I saved your life." It was such a true story. So Paul um, McCartney saved. Surreal having your life saved by somebody who's actually dead. <laughs> Can you imagine growing up with that in your head, though? That would definitely make you think about McCartney and make you think about music. And and you know, it's, that influence has definitely rubbed off on him, right? Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, I'd, I'd have grown up thinking my mom is so full of shit. <laughs> I would never believe my mom anything she ever mm. said. And then he ran into Paul McCartney. And Paul McCartney went, "Yeah, you're alive because of me." So, yeah. or, or William Shepherd. Yeah, William Shepherd. Um, the thing I like about Mark Ronson is he takes old school disco beats and makes them current. Yes, that's what he does. You know, he definitely he, he did takes that Bruno that, Mars. Well, he did him on this as well. You can hear that that drum beat is an old school disco drum beat. 
and it's it, it's twisting it and making it more. And the way it's, some of the stuff's recorded, you know, it's I don't almost, think you can pigeonhole in there. I mean, look, no, at, God, look, no, so I, look at look at Valerie. You know, that's that's almost swing blues. Um, I'm, not, not I'm blues mad jazz. for collaboration. Me, I'm mad for collaboration, and I love the the feeling that you know you can't. I wouldn't be able to do this track without the other elements in in the band or in the group that I'm working with. So look. He's got a real talent for recognizing elements that he needs to pull things together. To mm. are you with me on that? Yeah. You know what I mean? He can. He he knows how to collaborate, and and he's he's brilliant at it. In fact, I think that he was one of the only people that was collaborating with um, Valerie. Oh, Amy please, Amy please, will you not? Will you edit the fuck out of that? <laughs> um, do you know the funny thing is, I made that same mistake two weeks ago doing a, an interview with. Oh, her. I remember listening to it. Yeah, yeah, and I couldn't think the, the of Amy Winehouse's fucking name. You couldn't remember Amy Winehouse. No, neither of us. We, we were sat there racking our brains. She should be ingrained on us because she was an, an amazing, amazing artist, but very difficult and and quite reserved and. And Mark managed to yeah. be able, you know, she worked with her and, and really brought her forward. And I think that is, is generosity um, and it's a talent within itself to be able to recognise, you know, um, how to collaborate and how to bring an artist out. And for, for sure, this, this track is, is a great collaboration. Right. With- I think you've hit the nail on the head there. He, 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 as, as a producer and as somebody who's making this sort of music... I said this the other week in jest to one of you, but I think he hears the music differently to everybody else. He can put something in that shouldn't work, but does. You know, nobody yeah. at the time wanted to work with Amy Winehouse. You know, nobody. Yeah. Yeah. And he saw something in her. And she, and... she wouldn't. She didn't want to really work with anybody anyway. No. You know. So, but they, they. He was gentle with her, and he supported her. And mm. I think, yeah, I think you know, that's, the he's, musical he's great vision with girls, really. isn't yeah. he? Agreed. Yeah, he is. He's great with girls as well. I think the Zootons version of Valerie is a perfectly fine song. It's a very nice song. It's, it's quite a, a catchy tune. But what Mark Ronson did with it is something completely different and elevated that song to a different level. You know, he did a whole album with. with yeah, yeah, it's still the same album with um, Lily Allen, isn't it? Uh, yeah, Somewhere only yeah, we know it. on that one as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it. She, 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 he, he really brought her forward as well, yeah. didn't he? Yeah, he's a game changer. And and um, yeah, I love this track. I, I love. I, love, I don't love all of his stuff, unfortunately, but <laughs> this really stands out. Neil, uh, I haven't got anything to add really that we haven't already said. It's it's a great song. Um, but the only thing is, I I um, hadn't actually heard it before, but <laughs> uh, I'm I'm not I'm not a fan of that kind of music at all. Having said that, I think it was brilliantly produced. I think it was, mm. you know, everything about it just felt right. Everything fit. It was, you know, it, it was very pleasant to listen to. Uh, yeah, great track. I'm sure this was. Yeah, I think if this is one of those songs that if you don't want to get up and dance to this song, I don't care if you're the most boring person in the world. This this is one of those that you you you, you want to get up and dance to. Challenge accepted. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, you know me, I'll dance to anything. Yeah, yeah. I'll, yeah. The death march. Dance to the di- he'll, dance, he'll dance to the dial tone, he will. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure this song was used on a like a trainer advert or something like that. I don't know. I, 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 I feel like it was. Might have been. Or it might have been on FIFA 20, uh, 2010. Stands a chance like everything's that. been on that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you've got a song on there, haven't you? Oh, yeah, I have, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They used high tube back in 2002, I think, and then they used wow. louder. Yeah. 
brilliant. Awesome. Yeah, the, yeah, but the, is it is it a forgotten classic, peoples? I think it is because I forgot about it, and when I heard it today, I went shit. That song. It's one of them for me where you know I know Mark Ronson. The name of the song, I went. Oh, I don't know what this one is. As soon as it came on, yeah, I remember this. I remember it being. Out but you haven't heard it for a while, have you? God, no. Neil? See, um, I mean, I loved it, but I'd never heard of it. But I'll, I'll, I'll go with the majority and say, yeah. Two for two then, Sean. Two for two. I love you guys. You should do. We're <laughs> <Thank> amazing. You. <laughs> <laughs> I love the accent as well. Yeah. I'm going to start talking in the deadly accent in a minute. I'm a terrible mimic. You're going to turn into a peaky blinder. Yeah. That's Birmingham. My, my, I've, I've got my best mate, Zane, who's from Birmingham. He's a chef. <laughs> That was, that's a, talk, that's a good rendition, that. man. Yeah, my, my Labrador now has started talking with a Birmingham accent. You speak very posh. Like... For somebody who's <laughs> a pioneer of the drum and bass movement, up, up there with them, I was expecting somebody a bit more common speaking, oh, yeah, but now you're very posh. Oh, I'm putting my telephone voice on, love. I'm Welsh. That's <laughs> <what we> do. <laughs> Otherwise, you would never understand a bloody word I was saying. <laughs> I love the Welsh accent. Oh, bless you. Right. Someone's got who. <laughs> We're going to move on to... Sean, this is a headphone warning. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. I, I love this round. I, lo- I love saying the name of what, this round. What round is it, Neil? What's it, what is it? It is... It's a quite musical challenge mode. Go! Right, so this, this genre challenge has been about three or four weeks in the... In, making, in the production. making, because uh, we had Luke Concannon on of Nisloppy, and we had to we had to cut that short. Uh, am I leaving that in? Should I even be saying that? Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. So yeah, um, but yeah, so this it, this it rolls over. Give, it's a rollover. This <laughs> challenge was given to us by Bethany Ro- Bethany Rose, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it's Bethany. Yeah, yeah. So Neil had to go out and find a piece of grunge that he likes, which isn't going to be hard because it's all he fucking likes. Yeah, oh, you uh, chose a good one. He did, he did, yeah. But bringing oh. grunge was never a challenge to me because I bastard love the stuff. Bastard love it. <laughs> bastard love it. Bastard. <laughs> <laughs> love Brilliant. It's um, right. So, so the, yeah, the song I brought is uh, where. I mean, no offence, by the way. <laughs> That's no, cool. Oh, not <laughs> taken. No, no, we love having our voices taken. Of it. It's the best. I love it. I just love it. I just love it. It's such a nice, cosy, lovely, like um, accent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so the, yeah, the, the song I brought was uh, right. Where Did You Sleep Last Night by Nirvana um, And, you know, Nirvana are the obvious band that springs to mind when someone says grunge And for that reason, I, I resisted bringing a, a song by them for a while But in the end, I had to Not just because they epitomise grunge, but because of this song in particular So there's three reasons why I, uh, I brought this song uh, I just couldn't resist bringing it So number one I've already brought it in a different form for a previous intense hardcore genre musical challenge mode go. You may remember if you've been listening for long enough, but I actually brought brought it as a blues track, the original Lead Belly version of it, because it, it's a cover. Neil's of Lead... just going to keep trying to bring this in every challenge. <laughs> <laughs> different <laughs> versions of it. <laughs> yeah, the original version was by Lead Belly. Uh, this is a cover of an, that awesome song. It actually manages to improve on it, which is rare for covers. So it only seems fitting that I bring it again. And what's interesting is the way that Kurt Cobain's able to take a classic blues song, which was definitely a blues song and definitely fitted into that category, and reinvent it as grunge. And bizarrely, the album it comes from, Unplugged in New York, actually features two covers, which eclipse the original versions, the other one being The Man Who Sold the World by David Bowie. 
and I love the Maui song, but I, I, I love Kurt Cobain's version of it. Agreed. So, number two, this was this recording it was a live recording uh, the final song at the final gig that Nirvana performed before Kurt Cobain committed suicide unless you believe the conspiracy theories yeah so literally four days before he died I think was it four days maybe a bit longer than that was it yeah, oh, no. I, I thought it was a matter of days he oh he was they finished the gig he's missed and yeah. he didn't want to go into rehab because he didn't want to give up drugs he was forced to go to rehab and then he went to rehab for about five days, I think, uh, and then jumped rehab, which was... He, he could just, so it was no more than weeks. Yeah, was, no more than a couple of weeks. Actually, yeah. Yeah, it was the last gig they did. Days, but he, he, was yeah. bit, he was very close. So you can't get much more grunge than that, really. <laughs> Number three, it's fucking incredible. If you don't get goosebumps when Cobain screams out, my girl, my girl, towards the end, which I mean, with so much power and intensity, he has to actually skip words. He's, he's sort of spitting the words out. It ends up with like, my girl, girl, sleep tonight. It, it, that was really good. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was Kurt Cobain. Like Kurt Cobain was in the room with He's us. Channeling me, all that sort you of evoked him. Literally <laughs> from the dead. If you don't get goosebumps Aww. from that, then you're probably a corpse, or at least in some kind of coma. <laughs> So uh, I, I love this song, as you can probably guess. Have you, uh, can I can I mention a, a cover of a Nirvana track, right? And you've got to hear it. Maybe you could play it n- next time or so. But Patti Smith did a version of "Smells Like Teen Spirit." <laughs> no way! And you can't it, play that because yeah. we'll get sued. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's fantastic. It is beautiful, and and um, it just yeah, it's the best cover of, okay. of that track or of any Nirvana track I've ever heard. So. Oh, we'll check that out. Yeah, yeah, do do so. It's gorgeous. So, what did you think of this song, then, Sean? I I haven't listened to it. <laughs> oh, <have> you not? <laughs> no, but I do. I love Nirvana, and I do know the track. I haven't listened to it recently. Sorry. Oh, fine, that's fine. <laughs> 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 no right or wrong answer in this part. <laughs> I didn't quite get it. I didn't, you know, I'm a, bit, I'm a bit dense when it comes to things like this. I didn't quite get what you wanted me to do, but uh, no um, I, I rest, rest assured, I will take a listen. I will take a listen later. You I love, love Nirvana. I, I love, I love that kind of re- rebellion. It was perfectly placed for me as a, a when I was growing up, and, and it, I, I identified with that with that music, and it, it was brand new, you know. Um, and then my son, then what, fifteen years later. <laughs> um, comes home and says, Mum, I found this found this band, Nirvana. And I'm, it, it was like watching him discovering it again mm. on it on his own, you know, skateboarding, graffiti painting, hoodlum <laughs> that he was. But it was just beautiful to see him rediscovering Nirvana and, and, and getting that kind of angst out of his system through music, which is it's a vehicle, an emotional vehicle music, isn't it? It allows us to live things out in a safe place and in a in a um you know in in your own way i played the nevermind album to my teenage son recently and he kind of looked at me a bit funny and said what's this noise <laughs> oh bless him <laughs> I'll, uh... well eve is 27 now yeah. and deaf and he's a, a fantastic musician himself and you can you can hear all of the influences you know that from what, from the music that he listened to when he was growing up as a child, coming through in his music now. So it goes back to what we were saying: everything we listen to, everything that we um, we digest, becomes part of our makeup. And 
definitely you know the, that movement was 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 big, was big for me queens of the stone age I've, i love dave grawl I've, I've met him he's such a nice nice man and um you know yeah so mm. name dropping <laughs> you put in the words oh. for us can we get him on the podcast uh, i'll i'll, uh, I'll give you some facts and figures about nirvana how's that Go on. nirvana 13.3 million monthly listeners they are 204th in the world on spotify where did you sleep last night as neil said he's from the unplugged in new york uh, album uh, originally they are from aberdeen washington and they formed in 1985. A lot from Seattle. No. They're, they're, it's just north. It's about uh, an hour's north of Seattle. Okay. Um, Chris Novoselic and Kurt Cobain are from there. Their original drummer is also from Aberdeen, who played on the first album. Yes. Before he was replaced by Dave, by Grohl. Dave Grohl. Yeah. Which I didn't know until recently. Uh, I didn't realise that. Um, so that's about Nirvana. Let's talk about grunge. Grunge was established in the mid-1980s uh, in the Pacific Northwest i.e. state of Washington, where Nirvana are from. started as a subculture, uh, but uh, became commercial by the 90s, thanks to bands like Pearl Jam, uh, Soundgarden and Alice in Chains. Grunge fuses uh, punk rock and heavy metal, and the the term grunge is credited to the frontman of Mudhoney, but this is questionable, so Mark Arm is credited with invented the, the name, uh, the, the term grunge, in a letter that he posted in 1981 uh, to... Desperate Times, which was a, a zine in Seattle, uh, but since then has admitted that he got it from someone else to start with, so it's all very questionable, but yeah, that's where grunge comes from. It's Nirvana, what else can you say? I'm going to say what I said last time you brought it, pretty much. You brought this as bluegrass last time. Blues. Was it, was it blues? blues? yeah. Maybe I didn't say it then. But <laughs> this didn't feel like grunge to me. It had elements of grunge in it, but it felt more folk to me, this did. It got a bit more grunge elements towards the end, but for me it was more of a folk song and it was a fucking it's a very fucking good folk song um I'm not going to take that away from me. But as far as the genre challenge is concerned, I don't think it fully fits in. Here's a question for you. What would you have brought for grunge? What would I have brought for grunge? Yeah. Uh, like you said, probably something by Pearl Jam. I'd have brought a live by Pearl Jam. That's what I'd have brought. Yeah. Or um, probably something very... Um, underneath the Bridge, maybe, by, uh, by Nirvana. Or something by Creed. No. So underneath the Bridge, that was Chili Peppers. No, it's Underneath the Bridge. Oh, right, yeah. That's one. But yeah. Yeah. Good song it's, it's, though, isn't it? And I love the fact that something in the way. Sorry, something in the way. Yes, something in the way. Oh, that, I love that yeah. song as well. Yeah. That is beautiful. Yeah. His delivery on that is just like, then, that, so sexy. It's very, <laughs> very acoustic. Oh, he's, he's lying down as he's doing it. Yeah. What in the video? Apparently, he was he was half no, he was half asleep when he was recording it. Really? And you can hear it. Yeah. He's yeah. late. Yeah, they had to bring the microphone into the studio. Yeah, but apparently they've been trying to record it all day. Control room. And he was just not having it and not having it, and it wasn't working for him. And then he just lay down. They put the microphone in front of his face, and he just delivered it. Mm. And it's just—I think the producer it, heard him sing. He was like lying on, a, lying on a sofa. The producer heard him and said, "That sounds incredible." Quick, get a guitar and shoved a guitar in front of him. Basically, did it recording pretty much. Face there's, there's, mm-hmm. there's two songs um, from about the same period, which are underneath the bridge. You know, obviously something in the way and under the bridge by the Red Chili Peppers, and they both reference. Drug taking. So Anthony Kiedis was uh, from the Red Chili Peppers was a um, heavy heroin user, and the bridge that's mentioned in that song is where he went to score heroin. Yeah. And underneath the bridge, referenced in something in the way, is where it was a notorious spot that people used to go and commit suicide and take copious amounts of heroin in the. He's Nirvana a tortured, song. tortured soul, he, wasn't he? he was, hey? Unfortunately, yes. Very, very. But then tortured. a lot of a lot of musicians are. I often think with um, Kurt Cobain. I mean, he's an absolute musical genius, but as you say, a very tortured soul. I often wonder people like that 
what would he be doing if he was alive today? You know, I think he'd be wow. collaborating with some of the, the musical greats. He would have yeah. he would have probably moved on from grunge, you know, and he'd be he'd be producing he'd be, Slipknot. He'd be collaborating with like some, I could imagine him working with somebody like Bruce Springsteen or something <laughs> like that. You know, Neil. <laughs> I, I, I can or see John, that. Or John? No, John Denver's dead. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> or Lou Reed or something like that. Metallica did. You know, it's yeah. Like, <laughs> wow, it's one of them, isn't it? And he's, uh, yeah, we shall move on. But unfortunately, we didn't, we didn't get to find out yeah. because he just, did, you know, lived fast and died young. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I was listening to the radio today about um, uh, mental health in, in the music industry and, and how, you know, musicians live so much on adrenaline that it, it, and it's a toxic um, chemical when it's, when it's left to go, go late. And, and it, it's not surprising that we get so many, you know, tortured souls because the industry is so so tough we mentioned the 27 club earlier cabane was, was one of the uh, and, and amy winehouse as well yeah, yeah amy and Johnny Joplin, yeah. three times it's been mentioned this is becoming a very grim episode <laughs> <laughs> yeah is it halloween again <laughs> <laughs> that uplifting note can we say something happy now <laughs> yeah we're going to move on to your section now we're going to move on to your section all about you sean So, yeah, it's, uh, Sean, it's <laughs> such a pleasure to have you on the show. Speaking lovely, of yeah. artists yeah. that are in environments where all that kind of stuff was prolific, I mean, you did, you, did, you did well to stay clean throughout the whole thing, didn't you? Stay what? Clean. Yeah, well, I washed. <laughs> I did wash. I mean, some of the places that we, we played in, you know, you'd be, you'd be having a, a gypsy wash in a, in a, in a toilet, so that would be a dressing room. So, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't all glamour. No. <laughs> but uh, I know exactly what you mean. And, and no, and, and actually, uh, you know, I had, I, got, I had my issues. I had my dalliances with, with, with alcohol mainly because it was just being able to, you know, the, the adrenaline and, and understanding how to manage that and how to come off stage, get onto a tour bus, sleep in a coffin, get to the next <laughs> venue and do the same thing every night. It, it, it's challenging. And the best, the, the best advice I ever had was from a tour manager called Brett Spence, who uh, he said, the adrenaline that's going through your body, you've got to get it out. You've got to get it off you. You can't drink it away. You can't, you know, smoke it away. You've got, you've got to get it out of you by having contact. So he brought a punch bag on the tour bus. And so after the, after the gigs and some of them would be so, you know, you'd come off stage and you'd be like fired up. And then he'd have me punch shit out of this punch bag and then run around the auditory, the empty auditoriums. And that really, that worked. <laughs> it worked. And that was a turning point for me. I could start touring like a human being. And yeah, yeah. So I did, I, I've managed to keep going and to, to keep healthy but I did have my, my moments, I've got to be honest. Easy to not imagine. So Yeah, well, it is. It's, it's all around you, isn't it? And, you know, you think at first you think, yeah, party, party. But then you're only human. And if you're not looking after yourself, then you can't keep delivering the same quality of show. And, and that was more important to me than anything. I had to make sure that, you know, the time away from my son, because I was a single mum, was, was going to benefit us. And um, I, I couldn't do that if I was broken. I'm surprised you had any energy left after the gigs. I came to see you in the at the Institute in Birmingham. Yeah. And, uh, did we, did yeah, we party? You, 
did, yeah. I'm surprised you had energy any energy left after it. You quite you well, know. you don't. It's it's all adrenaline. It's not real energy, and and so you pay for it hard the next day because that you you're taking from an already empty empty vessel. And I'm I'm quite an energetic person. I've got I'm very lively, as you can tell. But it, it challenged even even me. So where are you now? What's what's Sean Evans doing now? Where have you? I mean, obviously. You, from where you have been and what you've achieved, what what's, well, what's next? What the, where are we? The, I kind of uh, parted ways with the other two writers from the original lineup of Cushine. Things got really heated. We were self-managed, and that was, and we weren't managing, so things were very difficult. And also the the direction that the the producers, the boys, were wanting to take Cushine just didn't didn't vibe with me I couldn't it wasn't melodic I need melody as you can hear over the first four albums that Fasheen did it's very melody driven and, and song based actually I mean the, the, the technology and the production is excellent but it's very much um, about the storytelling and, and that's me that's what I like to do and I wanted to continue to do that implicate our fan base and keep our you know, keep going with that. There was a lot more in the pot as far as I was concerned, but the boys were, were heading towards a more kind of instrumental and uh, mono kind of uh, dubby step kind of dub, dubstep kind of vibe. And I, and I, it, we just, it just wasn't working. So I went and I wrote some other stuff with some other people and the, the rift and the, the divide between us became un, unbridgeable really. So the band kind of dropped off off the the live circuit and 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 I was back just doing writing songs and which I love and but there's I need to be performing it's it's a scratch that needs itching all the time when you're a performer you need to be performing and and it's taken me a good few years to negotiate being able to take the band back on the road performing the greats and and integrating the other stuff that I've written as well with other artists such as DJ Fresh Rita Ora and you know for other other um, projects which kind of if you listen to the set it's seamless you know that because it's it's all it's all my my songwriting so it it, it works and you'll have to come and catch a gig we're playing in Liverpool actually we're doing this festival in Liverpool next Sunday and then we've got a gig in London on the 1st of December at Cargo Bristol the Thekla which I'm very pleased to say we've sold out. We're, yay! And sh- should should hopefully be taking this show on the road. It's the 20th anniversary of Resist next year. Is it really? Can you can you believe wow. that? One of my favourite albums of all time. That is. Oh, babe, thank you, and 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 mine. You know, and <laughs> it, it was it was just amazing. It's an amazing album. It still stands now. Obviously, we've jiggled up the production a little bit. We've got some amazing live musicians on the stage, which. We didn't have in the original format, so it's it brought it a, another dimension, a, a more live dimension. It's exciting. We've got Mitch, the original drummer, playing with us, and he's just incredible. I could just watch him all night, and it's going well. You know, it's it's fantastic to be you know this side of forty and and still be able to to headline festivals around the world and still be able to to take the the gig out and and deliver an emotive and, and passionate performance. I love it. I love it. You know I do. <laughs> yeah. Um, the you said 20 years, so it would have been 1999. Yeah. Resist was a... Uh, wow. Yeah, when 90, it's next year, so it's, it's, it's 2000 was when we first put Resist together. And then uh, Sony BMG, it was BMG at the time, then uh, we licensed to them and they put it out again, all bells and whistles and videos and stuff. 
but it was just an incredible journey, incredible experience for all of us and for which I'm, I'm so grateful, you know, and I couldn't have done it without Mark and Darren, but, and, and they gave me a, a, you know, platform to be able to develop as a songwriter for, for which, you know, I, I love, I love what I do. I love my life. I love my life. <laughs> Is that okay? Yeah. <laughs> do you know, I love the EDM that you produced back in the early 2000s. I know what you're saying about the melody, you know, you had melody. One of my favourite songs of all time is Empty Skies. It's absolutely, oh, yeah. it's, it's just brilliant. And I know what you're saying about... I don't about... know what that's about, you know. <laughs> I really don't know what it's about. I can't, I can't put my finger on it, but it's just a bunch of kind of images that it just connects with people and it connects with me and it just has your own meaning to it, you know, but it's kind of uplifting, isn't it? It really is, yeah. And that, it's, like, it's right what you're saying about the music today. It's like with the dubstep and the drum and bass today. It's losing that melody and I think it puts it a lot of pressure... It's a human element, you know. You, people like to have a connection, a human connection with something. They go, oh, that's me, or oh, I can get that, you know. And I think with a lot of electronic music, that element, if it's missing, it, it, it just, it's not, I don't find it so I easy I think it hear. puts a lot of pressure on yourself as well, because you feel all you've got in the background is what, 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 what. And then, then, then they're saying, that. now sing over the top of that. You're like, what yeah, the know, fuck am I, I supposed to do with that? I know. Robots are doing it. I know it. it. Robots yeah. are doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I tell you what, the next, the next time yeah, that happens, I'm going to say, just get the robots in. <laughs> just get the bots on it now. Robots <laughs> are feelings too. You know, you talk about human connection. What's in it for them? <laughs> I've been listening to the uh, tracks that you've you, you've sent over, and yeah, they're not Koshin tracks, right? No, they're, 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 they're Sean tracks. Yeah, and you you seem to have, like Koshin when you in the early days between two thousand and two thousand and eight to two thousand and ten. That music fitted that time. This yeah. music feels like you've you've gone back a decade or two. You've gone back to when music, when dance music was dance music. If you know what I mean. Yeah. Are you listening to the Stanton Warriors? Yes. Yeah. yeah that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got a. Re- but do you know what? I've I've been I've been out and about um, this summer and doing lots of festivals and the the young people are really connecting with those piano riffs with those. You know, with those analog sounds, with the with that retro feel, and and I dig that. And it, it it's it's like the whole culture has kind of eaten itself and popped out the other end and gone. Oh yeah, actually, we we like that. You know, we don't need that kind of dirge and and darkness. We we want to celebrate, and and I think that it's it's a time for for us to. It might be a time for us to to break out those those vocals again and those piano riffs and. And just to indulge ourselves in some jump up yeah. celebratory electronic music again. I do like Dirge and Darkness. I mean, Chase and Status. I think they're producing some really good stuff. They did something with the Slaves not too long long back, which was amazing. It was a Control. I thought it was mm. absolutely fantastic. But yeah, I, I think we need, we do need to go back to that time of music when dance music was euphoric. melodic yeah. and euphoric. And yeah, I, I think you know, music has always been a reflection and a reaction to what's going on. In, in our culture and and I think at the moment there's so much negativity there's so much fear there's so much you know this kind of oh, oh we're all gonna die Armageddon <laughs> and the the response I mean when we've when we've when we've been through you know the Vietnam War whatever and the, the, there was a real kind of uh, uh, a response to that was a real positive drive of real positive music and and maybe the, you know that's that was the re- the reaction 
of of the young people saying, no, we're not going to go down with this ship. We are going to rise above this and we're going to pull together and, and celebrate and dance, you know? Yeah. But Do you think I'm right? I think what? I'm right. I think you're absolutely right, yeah. I think, yeah. Mm. It's good for dance, you know, to have a message, you know. Dance music has gone without a message for a long time and it's not been serious, I don't think, and I, I don't see why it can't be, you know. Yeah. yeah. Serious get your message and, out there, Sean. Get your message serious out. Serious and, and, and full of love and full of positivity and full of kind of bring, bringing us all together again. Yeah. I mean, the wonderful thing about the rave um, revolution and the acid music revolution, which I was, that's where, that's what really turned my head. I was a kind of, pretty a much folk musician. <laughs> <laughs> I was pretty much a folk musician before that. But it was, it was the way that it unified everybody in, in a field, you know, under the same kind of banner of we are going to dance and we are going to have a good time and we're going to wake up and see the dawn and, you know, and get shit-faced together. And, and it doesn't matter what walk of life you're from or what kind of genre of music or how you dress or what, you know, what, what colour your skin is. It, it's, it, this is for us. And, and I think that, you know, that, that's always excited me about, about music and, and we, could, we could do it. We could do with a, a nice, you know, nice um, serving of that right now. <laughs> yeah, I agree. So, what does the next, the new year hold for for Sean Evans? Is it going to be? I'm going to go it... to India for a month. Are you really? <laughs> yeah, I've never been before. But I've always wanted to go, so I'm going to go to India for a month and and do some yoga. And January's always a little bit of a downer for me. I, I get, you know, I get anxiety. I get miserable. I get. Mm, so I'm gonna Wayne battle that, that by yeah. That's well, we, a lot of us do. You, mate. That's what that is. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to feel it right now. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it, it, the, the industry goes quiet in January, and I think that I'm going to really use that time and and go and and, and write some write some songs. Um, I've got lots of, of of stuff to get finished, and um, I'm doing another track with Stanton's. I'm, I've got. I wanted to send you so much music, but but I've been told that I can't do it until it's been released. Okay. Um, I've I've got pretty much a whole album of, of amazing music collaborations with with two or three producers um, on the on the back burner, ready to go. And and it is that it is that positive, uplifting, you know, emotional tracks that will that will definitely cheer you up in the new year if we can get it out uh, um, but unfortunately i couldn't send that to you because it's not been published yet and... okay well damn well, as soon as it is you'll be the first to know excellent uh, we've got uh, like a sister show which is a bit shorter than this i know this has a bit been, been a bit of a long jaunt for you but you know when you, when you release your stuff we'd love to have you back on the b-side which is just all about the music really it's not it's a bit different okay, to this lovely. but yeah yeah, yeah we'll, we'll book we'll, yeah We'll book, we'll book that in. Definitely, sure. definitely, yeah, be good. It's yeah, like I said, like Neil just said, it's a it's a music show without the gimmicks, and it's just. Yeah. But in the, in the meantime, we are integrating these songs into the live show, so I'd love to see you um, at, at the shows. Yeah, well, if you send us your gig list, we'd love to. We'd, we'd, because we're trying to get out to more gigs anyway, so we'd love to do that. Yeah, definitely. Well, you know, you're not far from, from Liverpool, are you? Yeah, miles away, but... <laughs> get on the bus. Yeah. <laughs> 86 miles of bus. Can't, can't think of nothing better. Oh, love. oh, I can't think of anything nicer. <laughs> Have a sing-song. <laughs> Take some sandwiches. It'll throw you off about Stoke-on-Trent. That's, that's where you just get disbanded. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, yeah. So what, what track are you going to play? 
Are we going to play the uh, we're going to play the track "Boy in the Picture"? Oh, lovely! Yeah, Kid Cream, Belgian producer, very weird but wonderful guy. <laughs> very, very odd. Um, kind is... of, they they live in this mansion on the end of this on the end of this street in in Brussels, and it's it's just like it's a punk man- mansion. There's hundreds of people living in this massive space. A commune. Of, um, a commune. Yeah, it's like that. And I love going there. How and bloody it was a really did you come across time. that? Well, he, he noised me up. He liked my voice, and um, and I'm I'm a girl who just can't say no. Okay. And I, I was very pleased with with what we what we turned out. And actually, it's it's about I wrote it about um, a friend of mine who had kind of lost his way. I'm not mentioning any names, but he'd lost his way musically. Yeah, you, Mark. And he was, he, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and he he kind of you know he he was trying to make music for radio or make music for to please his management or make music. And it's like, come on, you remember what you make music for, and go go there. Remember who that inner child. You know, stop stop stressing yourself out and just do what you do and 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 you know remember that 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 child in the picture remember the smile in your eyes and be be that person allow allow yourself to have some fun excellent well i think we uh yeah rounding up rounding up yeah, yeah. um we uh, we already have our genre we do, yeah. for, for next time yeah. We've, the, the funny thing is i've you know, I was saying earlier, it's good for us to have more popular, more famous people on the show because that way, you know, when you say something good about their work, it's kind of like a ringing endorsement for them. The guy that I've got coming for the genre challenge next time, because Neil lovingly gave me synthwave as a, a genre challenge. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> I, to be honest, yeah. I just said he to wind you up and then Wayne instantly replied with seconded. <laughs> Well, I'm not... But it is your favourite, though. You do love it, don't you? <laughs> but no, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't hate it. I struggle with it. So there is good synthwave out there. So I've got an artist coming on next time. And uh, we chose an artist. And I like, I, like, I like his work. I do like his work. I do like synthwave, but there's a lot out there that I don't. And I, I kind of said to him that it would be good for you, for you to have the, your... Uh, work on the show because we'll also have Koshin on you know because that, that kind of the, the electronic movement and everything not realising actually the, the the artist we have got on is, is not Koshin and has absolutely nothing to do with electronic music or synthwave they're a bit poppy but <laughs> so never po- mind probably all excited about night getting heard <laughs> never mind alright so what happens on the next show well, Rich well I hope I hope, I hope I've been helpful <laughs> I have thoroughly enjoyed this I'm sure I'm sure um, Cube and Death Pony. Death Pony will be absolutely over the moon. And Alex Sid as well. Alex Sid, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's lovely. I'm, I'm going to get on. I'm going to listen to them this this evening and and uh, with yeah, your so soup. Gonna, I've discovered them with my soup. Yeah, so fact, I want soup some, name. Expect too. some Tupperware chicken soup as well. Is it? A cream of tomato. Some... Cream of chicken soup. No, it's not the cream of chicken soup. It's the it's Sean chicken soup. Oh, is it? And, and it, expect it in Tupperware tomorrow, landing outside your front door. <laughs> I might get some soup on the way home. I'll have to make do with some Good man, that's it. Put some airs on your chest. <laughs> yeah, okay. Right, so uh, we're All right, bread. guys. No, we finished this gourmet conversation about soup. <laughs> yes, we're going to round it up to the end of the show now. Just want to say thank you, Sean, for joining us again. It's been an absolute pleasure. Where can where can our listeners find you if they want to seek you out and listen to you and follow you uh, and the well, likes? There's a there's a new website that we put up for coaching live for the live shows. Um, Sean Evans UK 
is uh, I'm all over Instagram, I'm all over Facebook. I'm, I'm pretty rubbish with, with responding to things, but I do try and respond to people's tweets and messages. And um, yeah, you, you can find me if you want to. <laughs> okay, that sounded very American. So uh, what happens on the next show, Rich? On the next show, we have Ria from the US of the A's. Um, she will be joining us. She'll be doing exactly the same as what Sean's done tonight. She'll be bringing a hidden masterpiece and a guilty pleasure. I will be bringing a song from someone under the banner of Synthwave. And... The likes, and we'll be bringing. It is our the last, yeah, our last episode of the year. We've got the Christmas, we've got the Christmas special. We don't class the Christmas special now, so it's uh, we'll just run through the scores. Season finale, season finale. The scores are Wayne wins. Eleven That's what to the me. Scores are. Yeah, six to Rich and four to Neil. Uh, uh, in going into the last round. Yeah. So unfortunately, for these guys. Mm. It's game over. You've won and I've lost. Nothing will change that fact. Just want to mention. You can find us on all the usual socials and everything else as well. <laughs> we're on Spotify, we're on iTunes, we're on Spreaker, we're on SoundCloud, YouTube, <clears> we're bloody everywhere. Anywhere you can find a podcast, you'll find us. Facebook, YHHTMPC, you haven't heard this music podcast, and on everything else. Yeah, Look- please like, like, subscribe, download the episodes. Come back and tell us what you like. Tell us what songs you like. Go and follow these artists. Send us some abuse. If you like. Yeah. We'll pass it on to Neil. So all these left to say... Well, hang on. Oh, Neil, there's what, not. What you always say, Rich? What do if I always say? Listen to the artists. If you like oh, their yes. work... Don't shout. Don't you dare shout again. <laughs> I've had enough of that now. If you like... me a lifetime. If... <laughs> I haven't yeah. done my Gandalf impression yeah, for done. a while. Done. Oh, so, yeah. If you like the artists, including Sean... And her work and all the other artists. Listen to them on Spotify if you like them. Buy their work also. Support your artists. Yes. So, I've been Richie. I've been Wayne. You've been... You shall not pass! He's been Neil. And she's been... Sean. Shani Sean. I'll see you again, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. Bye. Indeed, you still are. Goodbye. Goodbye, guys. Hello everybody. Just to let you know we're playing four of Sean's songs. We'll be playing Up To You by Stanton Warriors featuring Sean Evans. Right Back by Dr. Mika featuring Sean Evans. Bent, I Can't Believe It's Over featuring Sean Evans. And finally, Kid Cream featuring Sean Evans and the song Boy In The Picture as we discussed. Thanks for listening.
Didn't stop. I can't believe. 
summer is right around the corner. And you know what that means. Cooking out, diving in, and soaking up a whole lot of sunshine. The Home Depot has everything you need to start your summer right. Upgrade your cookout game with Traeger grills and smokers. Then gather around a new Hampton Bay patio set with family and friends. It feels like Memorial Day at the Home Depot with savings on summer fun. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.